0: Hello and welcome to Rhythm and Wit, a new series that will discuss and explore the creative and artistic expressions of artists and performers in Oklahoma City and its neighboring cities or the greater metro area if you will. My name is David Steele, I'm a bass player, a graphic artist, a music producer, a photographer, and a film hobbyist my co-host is nicholas campbell he's a stand-up comedian singer songwriter an electric guitar player an electrical contractor a husband a father and my best friend for over two decades today we will discuss creativity and we'll touch on topics such as personas and comedy Stage fright, storytelling, inspiration, and we will discuss some of our ideas about networking and marketing in social media. We hope you enjoy. (laughs) Hi, my name is David. This is Nick. Hey. We are here to talk to you about creativity. Okay, Nick, you are a comedian. Yep, um, for about a year. What can you tell me, uh, what do you like about performing? What do I like about performing? <laughs> uh, the
1: attention, <laughs> that's like, I, think, I feel like that's everybody. The reason why people perform is they either want the attention or expression, expression of self. Right. I like being able to express my ideas
0: in a way that you have to hear me, which is what <laughs> loud music is. That's something I always thought about playing music is uh, you write these songs, you work on them, and then it's like, all right, y'all have to listen to this. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hope We hope it's good. Well, but, at least uh,
1: <laughs> with music, you can ignore it. You know, at least you can drink your drink and talk to your friend yeah. and, like, you're a band's... Playing. <laughs> but whenever yeah. you're a comedian and you're just talking and nobody's laughing, that's a
0: death. Yeah. Like, that's... That's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at, is, yeah. like, the fear of com- performing versus, I mean, anything. I mean, public speaking is is not easy for most people in general. Yeah. But, yeah, doing comedy must be uh, very nerve-wracking. What can you tell me about that?
1: Uh... Man, I I am very fortunate in that um, whenever we did music, like the first two years, remember I was like shaking all over Mm. stage. I had a lot of stage fright from when I was younger. I kind of messed up in like this. I was auditioning to get this part in a musical. Okay. And then I failed horribly because I didn't prepare. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went up there, and I, I even I should have told her. You could have told her before you went up on stage. Like I, I should have told her, hey, look, I don't have this. I'm not gonna go. <laughs> but I went up there, and they started the music, counted me in, and I was like, ah,
0: I don't know it. Yeah, starting out with anything on stage is tough. I think it's. Yeah. It was hard for me. Even I mean, I, I still get the nerves, but you just let them go and you know once you're on for me once I'm on stage like I'm like in a completely different mode where I don't even feel like you know you're playing with band members there's other people in the band and so you don't uh, think about it as much, but some of these other people you might be playing with, they don't have that same experience. So it's yeah. like you kind of have to, oh, "I think about that a lot," and it's like, "Oh shit, they're actually really nervous." <laughs> I forgot well, we about that. Played,
1: how often would we play? I mean, we played two, uh, yeah, three we, shows I mean, a month. It made it easier for us to actually be in the moment when we were up there playing. We didn't have the chance to be nervous right. over the playing. Right? It was more
0: just being a nervous because that's up the there. thing with with performing music for me. It's like You train, you know, your practice, practice to where you get on stage because you're not going to be able to think about it's a hard to focus on your playing whenever everybody's watching you, you're paying attention to the drummer, you're paying attention to the singer, where they're at, doing this, this, that. There's a thousand other things that you're taking your focus away. Yeah. So if you know the song and it's like, well, I don't even have to worry about that part of it because it's down.
1: <laughs> and well, that was the best part is that, that was the fun part is, yes. oh, I'm, I'm in it now and you can be in it with the audience. That's where I really got comfortable was talking and being in between songs and I was always a (laughs) jokester, Mm -hmm. you know, you remember, I was always a jokester, I was talking a lot of crap on stage, but we would have a lot of fun.
0: One way I think people maybe deal with the fear or the insecurity, and I think it's also general practice, is coming up with a character or a caricature of yourself, it's like a heightened version of yourself. I think for some comedians that I've seen, anyways, what do you think about that? And do you, is that something that you've thought about diving into, or do you do? Or what are your thoughts on personas in comedy?
1: I think about it all the time. I've read up a lot on it. Um, you know, like you said, it's just an exaggeration of yourself and your flaws. And and kind of what I've recognized is the better you're self-aware like you understand yourself and you're accepting of yourself, the easier it is to put those flaws on display. Once you decide, because I don't really have any hangups on stage or even talking about things that make me vulnerable because I'm Mm -hmm. okay with all Mm -hmm. of it. Like I'm okay with doing that in front of people because it's I'm not ashamed of it really now there are some things (laughs) I won't touch that are just like I'm not going to talk about my wife in a negative way because I feel like that's bad but I talk about my oldest kid (laughs) you know and our foibles with him being bigger than me and stronger you know and like him being only 14 and being this what essentially
0: is a man? He has better facial hair than me. is better, you know what I'm saying? He's like, that's a big part of comedy is exaggeration yeah. of all kinds. So I mean, any something that probably happened, maybe it didn't happen at all, and they completely made it up. Who knows? It doesn't really matter, but. There's probably a story, something happened, and you're like, oh, what if I just change this one thing and it makes it a lot funnier? <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, that's <laughs> just a heightened part. version, and exaggeration. We do that in yeah. general conversation, I think, in most of the, the whole movie Big Fish is basically. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> like, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Well, and that's that's the best part about natural. comedy is
1: it doesn't have to be real. It just has to come from right. a place of truth. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to actually have happened right. as much as it just represents the emotion mm-hmm. truthfully, mm-hmm. which, you know, my, I haven't joked yeah. about uh, Ryland that's about that. Right. Where it's like he, he shoulder checked me in the kitchen, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and uh, we get get into a fake fight, <laughs> you know. Like yeah. You know, like, did, it never actually, happened. Right. It never happened. But the idea that he kicks me out of my house—it's the uh, hyperbole right, of it. Right, right.
0: Storytelling is a big part of comedy, yeah. uh, like you said with the story of your son and all of that. So you're t- telling a story. But I, I think of it a lot in in myself because I love film so much. Comedy is like these mini stories that you tell, you know. It's like, but they still follow the same structure. I mean, there has to be a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, and the end is usually the punchline, right? And it's like kind of similar structure of storytelling. But what kind of um, techniques or things do you think about when you're writing jokes or bits? when it comes to storytelling and and do you take any inspirations from film or any other kind of non-comedy storytelling? Um, Any stories that I
1: have? Like that one story it just came from a bunch of jokes that I kind of just put together Mm -hmm. and then after I started doing them some of them fit and some of them Mm -hmm. didn't and then it became a story over time. Um, But the thing about a story is, I always believe it has an arc, mm-hmm. and like you should be transformed in some way by I, the end. I equate it or... to like the moth, Desert or Trinity. Snap Judgment. Mm-hmm. You remember that on NPR? Yeah, and those are, yeah the storyteller. Yeah. Though I would love to be that well practiced mm-hmm. at that craft, but right now I'm still focusing on just writing jokes. But they're not
0: well crafted jokes, right. yet. But I have well crafted, I have crafted jokes. That's the yeah. thing with the storytellers. A lot of them are humorous, even though they're not comedians. Mm-hmm. But they have a, they have punchlines in there <laughs> that they punctuate kind of points. A lot of I used to listen to those a lot in NPR.
1: Yeah, and Mark, well that's just a great way to help a story right. along. yeah, yeah. And Mike is really one of the best guys for storytelling. That's, yeah, I
0: haven't, I, I know, know a little bit about him, but Something I know he that,
1: says yeah. is, you know, every beat in a story that is your setup and then how you feel about that part is a punchline. So first thing is like, how were you transformed? How to make that
0: over time, you story structure.
1: Uh, a joke is just a sentence with a curly Q at the end.
0: It's just something unex- Usually, it's unexpected, like unexpected, surprise. something that's like, oh, like, silly, you know, you know. Or it's a revelation. I went to the store,
1: yeah. right? I went to the store. What was the store? It was a, a, it was a cigarette store. You start getting in the details of the area yeah. and the stuff that you're doing. Fill out the world. Yeah, and then you make fun of it,
0: mm-hmm. and you just joke around yeah. yeah, with like it. You like some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. Yeah, you're a storyteller even in music and lyrics and things like that you've been doing for your whole life.
1: Well, when I was re-listening to one of our old songs, Baggage Claim...
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Listen to you now, Spotify, <laughs> Billions vs. Robots.
1: But it, it was a story about you know, unrequited love, you know, Mm -hmm. of the time. I'm sure you remember. Right. But I remember thinking like, dude, this is a pretty good, because the imagery of it, Mm -hmm. you know, the guy sitting on the concrete, filling the cracks in the concrete Mm -hmm. of the place that she lived. And it
0: represents the
1: emotion and how I
0: felt. The limited songs or lyrics that I've written. When I think about the content of those, you're, you're trying to paint a picture with words of like something that's in your mind or whatever it is, or an emotion even, and trying to paint with words and, and syllables and uh, vowels and consonants. Um, and try to make it make sense. Well, it doesn't have to make sense. It just has to... No, but if you're doing a story yeah. or a through line well, I'm with thinking, lyrics... Yeah, with li- but yeah. I think even lyrics, it doesn't have to. I mean, so many of the lyrics that I've loved you know, growing up, I always think of like the Strokes... Like, I think none of their songs really make much sense. It's like a lot of random phrases of thoughts and feelings and emotions, but they're kind of just strung together. And, and I think that that's sometimes how young people's minds work. <laughs> I mean, we just have a million different thoughts one after another that have nothing to do with each other seemingly sometimes. I don't know, but that's why i it's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't no. have to actually but you know, it's art. I mean, all of it is subjective and you can find if there's meaning there I mean if you see something then there is a meaning there Um, so speaking of uh, inspiration what do you do for inspiration obviously inspiration comes in I think in everyday life especially for comedians you just live your life and I think a lot of it I think is taking a normal situation and be like oh this is funny you know even if it's terrible it's like you have to find the humor in it but so I think in that case anything can be inspiration but do you do anything specifically if you're feeling like a writer's block or something or is there anything you regularly do to quote unquote fill the well you have a well of creativity and you use it up and you have to fill it back up with something else I don't know if you ever heard that before but I think of it as feeling the well. One thing I do, for example, is I love going to art galleries uh, or any art displays of any kind. And, it, and that inspires me in ways that I don't, I'm not a visual artist, so I'm not gonna go home and do that, but I take that internally and turn it into something else, whatever I create. Is there anything like that that you do uh, when it comes to comedy or any, anything creative? Um. Well, I mean, I think
1: you can be creative in any endeavor. With electrical, Mm -hmm. you know, you bend pipe and you can be really good at it and very technical and make it look really clean. And then how you bend your pipe could be an artful way of expression because, Mm -hmm. you know, how you bend it is going to be different than how anybody else would. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat. So that's, I think I use, I've been doing that for 18, I've been an electrician for 18 years, so I've been creating electrical systems Mm Based off of my creativity. own, yeah, <laughs> and so I treat words, or I treat yeah. comedy like that too. I mm-hmm. come to it not like this ethereal, like I'm trying to connect to the muse, and it's mm-hmm. just like, now nah, let me go craft some words. Yeah,
0: you know, let but me be just technical putting words about together it. Together, and just the same way you would yeah. put pipes or wires together,
1: right? And and so what I look at. I watch other comedians, mm-hmm. and I'll watch just to see what's possible. That's a big part of mm-hmm. not even knowing what's right. possible. I never watched as much comedy as I do now at Bricktown. That's inspiring because it's like, oh, look at all these yeah. toys I can play I with. About
0: that, I can too. get good enough to I mean, play with these toys. That's even something, another yeah. thing that I do is I go and watch the comedians do comedy, and then it's like that fills my well in a way. Yeah. I watch so many movies, play so many video games. It's like all of that stuff you're internalizing and... And some way it's gonna come out in something that you do later mm-hmm. on experience in general I think feels as well well is that why you like them cause I, I mean yeah no I think it's my thing for it is immersion into a, another world another reality that's you know not our reality but it's created and I mean that every film is a made up world that doesn't exist I mean none, it's all fake everything is fake in film I mean uh Same thing with video games. It's just they literally build a world, a digital world that you can play around in and, like, get lost in and just experience something completely different that you cannot experience in real life. In many cases, I mean, you can't... I'm never going to go to space, I don't think. I mean, maybe Elon will take us. I don't know. But... uh, but I can in a video game. (laughs) Yeah, get the opportunity. Or at least maybe try to experience, you know, think about what it could be like to actually do that. And like, cause everything, I mean, sci-fi is such a big part of, I mean, look at this. Like, (laughs) I love it. You know, it's like everything I do has some kind of sci-fi element or, you know, not everything, but a lot of it is just like a, something that I like to incorporate, you know, if I can. Like with music too, it's like a lot of I love like electronic stuff or incorporating kind of weird like alien sounds or alien weird shit into a music. phaser. Yeah. Yeah. Like cool, like weird. It's like I love. So we love Daft Punk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Robots. <laughs> <That's laughs> like a making music. Yeah. I mean, shit, you know, that's putting things together that might not even go together normally. Let's see. Next question has to do with networking and that's a big part of comedy for sure I know because you put your own on comedy showcase together why don't you tell the people about it
1: <laughs> the lively comedy showcase at Lively Beer Works in Oklahoma City when's the next one that's coming up uh, September 10th we got a guy Sapita uh, Cheeks he's like one of the best in Tulsa right now okay. he's like really setting fire you See the headliner to the stages of, uh, and it's got, we got uh, Adrian Corwin, which he's like a guy that produces shows I think all I, over. Yeah, I think I know. Um, and then Wes Corwin, he was actually, I think, best in Texas in 2018. I mean, it's a real treat to get him to come out, which is really yeah. nice. Well, as
0: far as the networking. Yeah, you have to network. It's mostly you know.
1: asking. Yeah, <laughs> like just ask people you. will come, like for the most, but for twenty five dollars right. and three beers and a high five, that's they'll probably come. like yeah.
0: more than they get paid most of the time when they do comedy. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the labor assume, of love. Yeah. No, right? comedy is I think that's what you just have to just enjoy it. That's the same thing yeah. with music for sure. I think it's, and I don't, I never expect to make money. I mean, if I make money. Playing music—it's not be, be playing. Be, I'm probably going to be producing something, you know, recording. Of course, there are ways you can get in, but I'm probably never going to make uh, any lo- kind of money or living off of playing live original music, which I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I feel kind of the same way. I'm at this really sweet spot right now where it's like I've kind of covered my bases as far as my age. Like I, yeah. I'm, I, I made it to. Being an electrical contractor, so my own boss. I have a family. i mm-hmm. have got a pretty awesome wife. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, for uh. the things are on track. So I just want to do comedy. That's really, I just want to ha- enjoy doing this craft
0: and making mm-hmm. people laugh. Networking is important for anything, especially if you're trying to get out there and perform and yeah. be an entertainer of any kind. Um, one thing is, I think a lot about is creating your own opportunities I mean I know for comedy there's a lot of opportunities these days than there ever was in Oklahoma City uh, which is very good and helps it grow Um, but it's still hard to sometimes get gigs or find gigs do you have any advice for anyone maybe looking for gigs or maybe uh, something because you put your own gig together every month I mean you get to perform there I mean Throughout your know, hosting, that's a gig for you, yeah. and getting your name out there also. But is there any other ideas or maybe small things that maybe you might try or other people can try to like create their own opportunities for gigs? Um, I, I Wayne Morris, he's a guy that
1: uh, does. I think he's out of Lawton, but an advice he gave me was direct message, email, and. Call like just like pick a place, you know, you might want to go check it out, see if it's any good. And then, if you decide, like, all right, man, this looks like a place that might use some comedy, mm-hmm. call them up and see if they'd be just interested. See, yeah. And then have a conversation with them about what comedy at their place looks like. Mm-hmm. If you want to start a show, if you want to start an open mic, you got to be a little bit more careful because people are just going to say wild <laughs> at their place, and that might not yeah. be what they want. So, a showcase or open mic. You can, you know, depending on what you want to do there. Um, The other thing is just, you know, a lot of times it's just ask. Yeah. You know, don't be afraid to ask. You know, people don't know what they need until you show them. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my sales from being an electrician has helped me a lot with, you know, trying to find gigs. Because really, it's all just talking to people who enjoy doing what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're already doing it, you know. Like with other comedians too, they'll help you get on gigs. Yeah, and we help each other out. That's just always,
0: a, you know. Once yeah. you're in the community, it's a lot easier. And like I said, with, there's so much going on with comedy these days. It's wild. It's like what the hell? Yeah, it's way better it's than great. it was in Oklahoma before. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, it, the balance has shifted for sure. Music has really taken a hit. I feel like original music in Oklahoma City specifically. I guess the one last thing, if we want to go out with one more topic, my last topic is kind of marketing and social media specifically. I mean, that's what we use to market uh, in 2023. One thing that I noticed from you all is you're relentless on marketing with social media, with your showcase and everyone else's showcase. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're always, anytime you want to find out what's going on with comedy, just go look on Nick Campbell Comedy Facebook or Instagram the stories has everything listed <laughs> <laughs> every day something's going on and i always say i appreciate that so i mean not you know i wish i had more time to go to more stuff i would but but i think that that's good for the community oh, sure. i think we all should do that everyone should share everyone's stuff share everyone's stuff because um, it makes a difference. And, and like and yeah. comment if you like it. I mean, it really don't does make a difference. Yeah, it's. Yeah. See, I mean,
1: it's. The know, more people see it, the more opportunity they're going to have a chance to come. That's to the it.
0: only way that we're gonna. You know, yeah. if, if if you want to support, you know, you or whoever it is that's promoting something, you know, if you can't go, at least share it. Try to get some one of your friends to be interested in it. What other tips or things that you've learned or do? Uh, for marketing, and and because the the showcase is picking up every month, it seems like more and more people are coming out specifically for the show. They know about it now. (laughs) So what has kind of led you there and any kind of interesting things that you've learned? Um,
1: Well, I just tell everybody about it. I think you just have to go towards your interests so like I really enjoy putting on the show I want people to come see it because I want it to be successful so I tell everybody I post things online about it to people that I think would enjoy it Mm -hmm. and I try to make those posts personal so even if it's just the flyer put it music on it and tag all the people in it so there people Mm -hmm. can see it and the goal is to to show people it's a fun good time so Mm -hmm. it's I think if you show that you're excited and that you're willing to put work in people show up